Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Creators Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Jay. And as always, we have another super cool episode to bring to you yet again today. So uh, I've known this guy for a few months. I think it's been a few months already, maybe a year. I'm not for sure how long it's actually been. Uh, met him through a mutual friend. Um, and so it's super cool to finally sit down with him, dig into his music, his style, his approach and everything. I cannot wait to jump into it. So, all right, my dude, give these people the introduction. What is your name? Where are you from? What do you do? My name is uh, O'Neill, but my music name is Accidents. Uh I'm from Staten Island, New York. And my music, basically, it revolves around how I feel. It pretty much, there's no, I guess, limit to what I make. Um, it's basically uh, like a repetition of my ideas and thoughts and whatever, you know. Oh man, I love that already. So we have a lot to talk about today. There's so much to dig into and you kind of gave us the precursor already. Your music is very, very diverse. Before we go into the sound and the stylistics of everything, the name, mm -hmm. before the recording, you and me were talking about the name. I was saying how oh, hard yeah, it is yeah. for me to say it in real life. How yeah. did you choose the name <laughs> Assonance? How did you choose that name? Yeah, so um, my actually, I think like when I was in a freshman year of high school or some shit like that, <laughs> uh, I was making a lot of lo-fi music and I wanted to create some like edgy, you know, they got those, you know, sad boys or some crap like that. So my original name was Anime Sucks. Haha, <laughs> 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 funny. So <laughs> yeah, that, That's like the name of a legend right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't work out too well because in the end I became a huge weeb, so yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> hey, you become so, um, what, what is that old quote? The longer you look into the abyss, the abyss looks back at you. You know, the longer you hate yeah, anime, <laughs> yeah, the deeper yeah. you get into it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you had anime sucks at your then, name, and then what inspired the, the name change next? Like, how did you choose that one? So, what happened was, uh, I don't know if you know Business Casual, the label Business sure, Casual, of course. So, yeah, so the I sent, I think, uh, my first album to Business Casual, and they were like, you can't use anime sex as your name. <laughs> so, yeah, for obvious reasons. So then, <laughs> obvious reasons, yeah. So then uh, I was like, shit, what do I do? Uh, then I was like, oh, wait, assonance. Because, like, assonance is technically, it's like the repetition of, like, vowel sounds, I mm -hmm. think, or mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And Vaporwave is essentially, because at that time I made Vaporwave, right? So vaporwave is essentially looping the same thing over and over again. Like that, that's the very, very let's say stereotypical definition of that genre, right? So it's right. like, oh, that fits, I guess. So that's how that name came out to be. That's wild, man. That's wild. That's super interesting. Yeah, it's funny, but like that's a real thing. Like <clears throat> as far as releasing music and choosing names, like it, it can be a very yeah. political process. You know, as far as mm -hmm. like if there's another person who has the same name, if there's a product or item that has the same name, you know, the implications of your name. Like there's actually some some thought that has to go into how we choose our artists. That actually names. that actually happened to me. There's another guy called Asinus. No kidding. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, there's another one. So I had to, I messaged him, I think, um, like I was distributing my music onto stores and stuff. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I messaged him, letting him know that, hey, I also make music, but it won't let me choose my own channel. He was actually pretty cool about it. It's like, yeah, it's okay. You can, I, he said he doesn't really make money off of it. So right. It was okay with it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. Good fun. Good on you for reaching out to him, you know, and, and making that kind of uh, communication right there, because we see it happen a lot, even like in mainstream um, music as well. Um, I remember yeah, the yeah. artist. We talked about Vaporwave already, Future Funk, but um, Saint Pepsi, you probably are familiar with him. 
you know, same and, Pepsi, and yeah. he had to change his name because of Pepsi, you know, is already like a Copyright. brand. Exactly. And so that was a yeah. big issue for his fans and himself, you know, being forced to change that and everything. It, it's a pretty political process. Anyway, uh, back to the origin story of how you and me met. Um, I have a buddy mm-hmm. named Azra, and he was on the show before, yeah. and uh, I was listening to some of his music. You and him did a collaboration, and that song was called Once Again. And the minute yeah. I heard that song, I was like, let's go. I was like, this is a banger right here. <laughs> I just like kept playing. Yeah it over and over again that night a funny backstory on that song actually the first night i heard it i couldn't stop listening to it so i kept playing it like throughout the night the problem was the problem was i was up at like 3 a.m 4 a.m playing the song (laughs) had my speakers turned on (laughs) windows open as i'm listening to it suddenly someone stomps up the stairs outside my apartment and starts (laughs) banging on the door And I was like, oh snap, I like, hey, turn this down. Turn the door, turn the music down. The next day, my boss comes to me because, like, she pays for my apartment. It's like the part of the oh, contract. Right, right. And she's like, hey, the neighbors were complaining about the music yesterday. And I was like, I was like yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. It, you don't understand. It's a great song. I had to play it out loud. <laughs> uh, that means a lot. That means a lot. That's yeah. what happened, man. True story. I'm not even joking with you on that. So it's it was such a cool song. I jumped into to your profile, gave you a follow. We started going back and forth like and everything but but yeah one of the things that's most interesting about your music as i was listening through it was how diverse it is you have gone everywhere with your music yeah how would that's... you describe your approach to making music i guess it's kind of like whatever i like listening to at the moment i take some of those styles and put my own twist on it if that makes any sense mm-hmm. like uh for example, this recent recent album that I'm working on, uh, it's called uh, American Agony. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, it's taking a lot of inspirations from, uh, weirdly, Drain Gang out of all places. I don't know why, but <laughs> Drain Gang and a bit of Vaporwave. Uh, but, like, it's more of a... I gave a little, I guess, taste of what I w- was trying to attempt with that project mm-hmm. through a song called Lonely Fans. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, it's kind of like a orchestral collage version of uh vaporwave if that makes sense not specifically sampling 80s stuff more like sampling stuff from all different eras right so yeah man that's so cool no it's a great way to go about making music because like all art is inspired by something right whether it's a visual sound or person and so you know we are very much influenced by the stuff we listen to by our environment stuff like that it's only it's only obvious that it would come out to the music that we make so it's 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 cool to see you doing it so originally and so artistically. Like you said, you take inspiration from the stuff you're listening to, but whenever I listen to it, I just hear something totally new. Even if I recognize the sample or something that was like the, the stems of the project, like it's totally new and original uh, whenever I hear it. Now, on you, yeah. SoundCloud, you have tagged your music as Future Funk, Ambient, PC Music, Future Bass, Vaporwave, a lot of different uh, uh, tags on, yeah. like, on the genres and everything. I'm curious mm-hmm. how how did you add all of those styles of music into your like your playlist, into like your listening arsenal, if you will? Like, how did you bring all those sounds into your your tastes? I guess it's more along the lines of just my musical evolution. Because mm-hmm. at first I started off with obviously like I uh, my anime thing, so it was like lo-fi music, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I moved on to more complex things. Then I moved on to vaporwave, and mm-hmm. then after that I started making more original stuff mm-hmm. and then i believe in like uh maybe 2016 2017 i discovered pc music 
which is of course Hyper Pop, yeah. run by label run by AJ Cook, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I believe the first PC Music song I heard was um, by Easy Fun. I think it was Blink, or was it Monopoly? I'm not so sure. But mm-hmm. Easy Fun was uh, the person who uh, dragged me in, and that's when I started uh, experimenting with the FM synthesis, which is basically what FM synthesis is. It's taking a sine wave, two sine waves. And basically modulating, well, not really sine waves. It's like they take waveforms, mm-hmm. like t- can be two different waveforms to whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then in those waveforms, if you go in, like if you go in a microscopic level, there's tiny sine waves in between those waveforms. Right. What it does is they modulate those sine waves. So when you modulate those sound- sine waves, it creates very unique sounds, unique textures, and stuff like that. And that's essentially what the 80s is. It's just FM synthesis. So yeah, <laughs> and. <laughs> To me, hyperpop is like just a, I guess, the modernization on 80s synthesis in a way. So I was really, really inspired by that type of stuff. And then um, recently, of course, Drain Gang. I don't know. Drain Gang came along and I was like, uh, I, d- I discovered Blade. <laughs> 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 What's weird is that I never really, really liked emo rap. But then when I heard Blade, like Be Nice to Me by Blade, oh my God, it's like, connected all everything was like man this 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 hits so hard and yeah and then recently there's a glitch course scene going on in soundcloud and i've been pretty inspired by that and um i run a label now called euphonium so uh a lot of the artists there make a lot of break core which is taking almond breaks and your drum samples basically speeding them up and throwing rave stabs and stuff like that over that and i've been really inspired by rave music and break core and all that stuff so yeah it's it's i guess it's basically whatever catches my ear that's kind of what i uh, categorize myself under yeah yeah man it's super cool to hear you talk about all this stuff um pc music for me is it was super exciting for me when i first heard about pc music that was probably i want to say maybe four or five years ago um when i first heard like the first pc songs and everything it's super exciting that scene is so unique their approach to music, mm-hmm. like you broke down, you you gave like the technical definition. Like it's just like whenever you hear it, like you know it's different. And it was so exciting to hear something that unique yeah, and that original. You can't define PC music. You it's can, like almost man. impossible. Well, yeah, and that's what that's so what I loved wild. about it so much is that like for a lot of music, it becomes very formulaic. Like you know exactly how it's gonna play out, mm. the tempo and the measures and everything. PC music was totally out of bounds. Uh, they would you know they just do whatever they want to do, whether it sounds exactly, harmonic yeah. or disharmonic or or whatever. Like they're not afraid to do what they want to do with the sound, and that was something that was really uh, yeah. really drew me into it. Uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a hard question to answer, so you might not have a response to it why do you think you're so open to different sounds and styles of music pc music breakbeat vaporwave lo-fi right like these genres really don't have something that that brings them all together they're very different in Mm -hmm. the ways they're made and they sound what what do you think makes you so open to the different styles and and genres that you're into i think it's mostly because i was uh (laughs) i was a scene kid in like 2012 so i I, who wasn't so you know like who wasn't I was exposed to like really wacky wild shit like uh, crunkcore, you know mm. that crunkcore. Mm-hmm. Like basically, it's literally literal people just <laughs> screaming like in auto tune. <laughs> so like auto tune over like a house beat or something. Yeah. So yeah, and then uh, a lot of my early days were spent browsing on the internet, you know, and on chat rooms, mm-hmm. surfing like that. I I don't you know I don't look like it. I look 
like a pretty standard guy, but I don't know. <laughs> Artistically, there's something different. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like when people are like, oh, you know this? How do you know this? You, you don't look like you know this. I'm like, I, I just know it. Like, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's another thing I wanted to follow you up on actually as well. How do you find all these different sounds and styles and, and aesthetics and everything? Is it is it mostly through SoundCloud? Is it through like web forums and Reddit and stuff like that as well? Or... Well, I say in the early days it was through the 4chan uh, music board, and then of course I left 4chan because God, that place is bad. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, then it was through the YouTube algorithm. That's how I discovered Vaporwave. Same Pepsi, uh, Cherry Coke, I think it was. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's how I discovered Vaporwave. Gotcha. All the other, yeah, and then like PC music, I feel like Sophie, Sophie, yeah, Sophie popped in my. Uh, algorithm mm-hmm. and easy fun as well they all popped in my algorithm yep. yeah yep. i think it's mostly because a lot of vaporwave artists i guess the artists who make the music like the influential people they some of them actually sample from pc music so then when you listen to a song that has been sampled by pc or that sampled by vaporwave the algorithm probably automatically detects that and recommends you that song that i song. think that's how it works yeah 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 it's it's insane like how much the algorithms uh influence our lives you know because there's like yeah, you said like crazy. youtube i've talked to a lot of people and they've all said you know youtube is how i found this youtube is how i found that and that and that's yeah. all ran by an algorithm that's influencing us and giving us different you know information and, and media to consume and so yeah it, it's a little bit it's a little bit interesting because you know we're living we really are living in like the the cyber cyber tech future you know yeah. that we, we used to talk about like in the 90s early 2000s um yeah. i want to ask except you it's not all like oh my bad no no Sorry. go ahead go ahead it's not all no, i was gonna say except it's it's not like all wacky and crap with like the uh, b- box of computers <laughs> and all that shit. right 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 exactly yeah. well, i want to ask you because we're talking about all these different influences and everything is it overwhelming or is it comforting to have so many styles through it to express yourself because I mean, that could That's easily be, a... it could be overwhelming and it'd be like, okay, do I want to make PC music, breakbeat, vaporwave, what do I want to make today? Or it could be comforting because you, you never are at a loss for what to make. You always have something to choose. Where do you fall in that spectrum? I'm kind of leaning towards overwhelming, honestly, because you don't have a specific sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like, so you're kind of like, uh, sometimes it's like, I guess it's good because sometimes I fuse two genres together in a way. Mm-hmm, so I'm like, mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have made songs that fuse breakbeat and like uh, hexed music together. Hex is basically bit bit crushed, uh, extremely bit crushed music, mm-hmm. and um, it works. I guess it's kind of like cooking, you know, like you add add shit and see what works. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> weird way. Yep. So that's essentially what it is. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But you know, you know what, you know the saying, you know, every a hundred FLPs equals like one good song. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. That is literally so true. I I wonder. I'd be scared to count how many FLPs I have sitting on my computer. I'm sure it's over five hundred or over a thousand. So (laughs) yeah, it's really bad. (laughs) It's really bad. No, but it's it's an interesting problem to have because you have people on one end of the spectrum who feel the need to be super specific with their genre to the point that they feel trapped in that genre. And then you have people like you and me who have casted such a wide net of styles and music that it's hard for us to be specific. Every comeback is a different style and approach, you know, and we feel like we're missing opportunities because of that. There's like no middle ground for people, basically. You know, it's always Mm -hmm. too narrow, too wide. But whenever you do go into making a song, 
like how much is genre important to you are you thinking uh, of what genre what style you want to make or are you just like jumping in and saying well i want to use this sample or i want to use this riff it's sort of the latter because it's kind of like i just write melodies by ear mm-hmm. or like i hum it out uh, or i just play something on my guitar and mm-hmm. i I just screw with it, you know, like I add effects and whatever, chop it up, you know, it's, it's basically what happens along the way. And then what, what's, I guess the product of it, uh, it becomes, uh, then only after, I guess, uh, like when you finish it all up and all that stuff, Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. sort of define what the genre is and try and, I guess, label it down. Yeah. I, I guess that's how it works. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's the same for me as well, man. Like, I don't really think about what genre I'm making. It kind of just, I make what I want to make and then I call it something mm-hmm. at the end, you know, and like, okay, yeah, well, I didn't want to, but it's, this turned out to be like drum and bass meets blah, 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 or you know, it yeah. came out to be <laughs> hyperpop, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it, yeah, it's so freeing though. For me, it's so freeing to make music without, you know, any kind of barrier like that because I me feel- Me too, honestly, yeah. Yeah, you know, because whenever you have um, some sort of regulations and stuff to follow, like I feel like you kind of limit like what's going to happen with the track. Whereas if you don't have any kind of rules, you can make anything, especially something new that we haven't heard before. And to mm-hmm. me, like that's exciting, you know? Yeah. But then again, I feel like it could also be a bit detrimental because mm-hmm. um, say like you're going one specific route. I feel like you have to make your fan base clear that mm-hmm. you make different j- musical genres on your first album or something, you know? Okay. Because it, it could alienate your fan base mm-hmm. if you keep making the same stuff over and over again, mm-hmm. because that's what they follow you for, right? Right. And then suddenly you do a 180 <laughs> and you make like drum and bass or something. Yeah, right, You're right, From right. future funk to like nightcore or some shit like that. So, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess communication is so. always important, isn't it? True, true. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, before, I wanted to ask you about like your music making process. You talked about it a little bit already. Um, before we go deeper mm-hmm. on that, real quick, if I can ask, and it's not super important, how how much of your music is sampling and how much of it is like original uh, creation per se? Most of the time it's original. Sure. The sampling uh, part is, um, I guess it's only Vaporwave. Even Vaporwave, I don't really sample anymore. I pretty just sample, much, uh, sample myself, honestly. Wow. Because, it, yeah, it's kind of like I just feel bad, you know? Like, <laughs> I just feel like, man, you know, like, these uh, these four, like, the, like say, a band or something, mm-hmm. I don't know, the Chai, light, the chai Lights, mm-hmm, these mm-hmm, four, mm-hmm. these brothers paid up a, a huge-ass studio to, like, record uh, <laughs> tubas and uh, Yamaha GX7s, and I'm just out here taking it and trying to get out. So I, like, <laughs> I, I kind of feel bad, but I, I try, when I sample, I try doing making it as unrecognizable as possible. I guess something along the lines of, let's say, Road Rosu or mm-hmm. like EV.exi, something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, and um, most of my stuff is original, though. Uh, it's kind of funny, though, because when people ask me when is the sample, cause I made a song recently called The Isolated, again, I see. Right. It's actually completely original. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah. what's the sample? Let us know the sample, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy thought that was pretty funny. Right? That is hilarious, dude. That is hilarious. Yeah. Super, super funny. Well, it's cool, though. I mean, like, yeah, like you said, like, I don't know, it's an interesting conversation about sampling. I want to get into it a, more a little bit later on. Um, so we'll bring mm-hmm. that up later on. But I do feel like sampling is, is when done properly, is more of keeping the legacy alive, right? Because yeah, I, think I agree with a, that. You know, there's a lot of, like, musicians and artists that, like, I wouldn't know unless I had heard it sampled from another person sampled, or sampled yeah. online, you know? Like, 
people say Young Bay's lazy and shit, and I agree. He's mm-hmm. a lazy man. But <laughs> if it weren't, <laughs> he might agree with that. <laughs> yeah. If it weren't, if it weren't for Bay One, I think or something. I don't mm-hmm. know what that album was, but mm-hmm. I would have not discovered that many j- j- Japanese city pop artists. I wouldn't have yep. known what city pop is. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like. For example, even Night Tempo, uh, remastering Plastic Love. And, yeah. Well, it's it's not really remastering, but it's more one. like, yeah, re- remastering Plastic Love. Yeah. And like I saw in an interview actually, Mar- Maria Takuchi and uh, Tatsura Yamashita actually yeah. went on Jap- Japanese news and they thanked Night Tempo for keeping their music really? alive. They oh, did. Yes. Snap! That's awesome. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so cool. It was so big on the internet, man. Like if like in because it he was, did that, like yeah. so many people will open up to the song, got to know about the song. It was huge. True. Yeah. And also, uh I believe it's nineteen eighty six Omega Tribe. Yeah, nineteen eighty six Omega Tribe. Right, right, right. Um Night Tempo actually uh did an official collaboration with them because yeah, they no it's kidding. it's crazy, yeah. That is so cool. <laughs> and also like Vantage, you know, Vantage. Of course uh, I love Vantage. I love, I love, yeah, dude. I know every single artist you're dropping right now. I love to hear you say uh, these names because I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, he knows where it's at. <laughs> okay, so Vantage, so like, what did Vantage do? Vantage actually got signed by Warner, I believe, because no uh, kidding. Like, that's yeah, he got signed by Warner, and it's crazy that Future Funk is it's now being appreciated like this. It started as some little. Respected. I'm so Respected, glad it is, yeah. though. I'm so glad it is because, like, those artists have put so much work into their craft. And a lot of people, you know, like you said, like, they say, like, they're lazy or they're just stealing music or whatever. But, like, yeah. no, there's something different about it. They're opening it up to a new audience of people. They're expressing themselves mm-hmm. with their with their, their skills and talents. I think that we're so judgmental about how we do stuff that we overlook people's skills and abilities. Not everybody can chop a sample and make it danceable, you know, yeah. but, <laughs> but people like conscious thoughts like, can. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like, uh, I'm going to compare this to food again. It's kind of like, uh, like food competitors, you know, McDonald's makes mm-hmm, a burger mm-hmm. and then like Burger King makes basically a burger, but there's just like, I don't know, lettuce or something. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. the same exact thing. It's just people, people like it, you know? Like, right, man. Right. Don't, don't need to be so try hard over it. I don't know. It's like, yeah. I mean, especially yeah. with art, because art is so subjective, you know, like people will mm-hmm. love this thing and hate this thing. And then vice versa, people are going to love this thing and hate this thing. You know, it, it comes down to personal yeah. preference and taste. You know, I, th- I think that especially for music, like it's not hurting anyone as long as it's not hurting anyone. I'm not sure, you know, if it can or yeah. not, but like, you know, then I mean, like, yeah, if we're having a good time, like support the arts, you know, support people expressing mm-hmm. themselves. Like it's such a good thing to see people making music, talking about music, sharing music, you know, whether it's sampled mm-hmm. or, or it's glitched up or it's something you would never listen to. Like it's just self-expression. It's so cool to see people doing that, in my opinion. For sure. Yeah. Totally you've, agree. you've sampled so many different genres like you talked about you know yeah. japanese city pop you've done 80s music punk rock um i heard a jason uh, yeah. derulo <laughs> sample i think in your music i've oh, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> many different samples in your music as i was going through as i was like oh i was like is this act? I was like, it is it's that song and uh yeah, and that was yeah. really cool to hear is it hard to sample all these different genres and styles of music is it hard to make them walk together it's not really that hard for me, honestly. I don't mean to come off as braggadocious. <laughs> <laughs> Hours like, of practice, my man. Hours of practice, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> it's like, I guess it's kind of like by ear. Like, oh, wait, that's the same key. This is in the same key. Mm-hmm. It might work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
smash them together and see what happens pretty much. So yeah. just try it out and see what happens with it. Yep, yep, Super that's cool. what I do. Super cool. And then, I mean, since we're talking about it already and you did, and I want to know what draws you to sampling specifically? Like you said, some people could do mm -hmm. it just because they're lazy. It might be because people appreciate the sound. For you yourself, like what draws you to sampling specifically? Sampling is honestly more of a personal thing for me uh -huh. because in my in my music, I try expressing my emotions a lot. Right. So I try to sample music that has a lot of relevance to me mm -hmm. or importance to me. For example, um, let me give a song, uh, Romance, like if you made that song as an example. So um, I sampled Tatsura Yamashita's uh, guitar part, mm -hmm. intro bit, and in Sparkle, I believe. Yep. Because um, Sparkle was the first city pop song that I have ever been introduced to so i wanted to pay homage uh homage to that guy so that's pretty much why i sampled that and uh let's go back to jason derulo <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> i was feeling pretty nostalgic that day so i was like man i like this song yeah why not that's yeah, cool it's, uh, man. yeah no it's, it's, it's really... just a, it's, it's just a fun like, uh, shitty 2010 <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> No, but like, you know, nostalgia, like you said, like nostalgia is like so big for people and it's an underrated feeling, an underrated emotion, but, but mm -hmm. the arts are a perfect way to capture that feeling of nostalgia, nostalgia, you yeah. know, and bring it back to life and bring people back to a certain place in time or even a place they've never been before, which is what happened with future funk and city pop is that like yeah, a lot of people yeah, have never lived like, in that era, but they're like, I feel like but, I've been there before, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah the nostalgia yeah. is powerful and it's really cool to, to do that. Speaking along those same lines about, you know, paying homage to the people that inspired you, you know, you wanted to share your spin on their walk and everything. Where do you normally get inspiration for your art, for your music? Oh, so my inspirations, uh, let's see. Because you mentioned like well, emotions already, like how you feel and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff as well. You could go deeper into that if you want to, or maybe there's something else that you get inspiration from as well. I'm not sure. Mostly, it's like in my emotions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Also, it, it's like various artists that I like. For example, um, we were having a convo the uh, early, earlier about folk. Yep. So um, I'm so I've glad been, we're talking about this by, now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've been inspired by like Don Ross, uh, open tunings. I really love playing in open tunings. Mm -hmm. it, it depends on my mood, really, really. Recently, I guess due to Corona, I have a lot of pent up stress and shit, so yeah. I want to like uh, vent it out. So mm -hmm, I feel mm -hmm. like folk music, uh, emo music, best way of, uh, I guess, in a cheesiest way possible, venting it out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> so yeah, um, it depends pretty much on how I feel. You know, if I'm happy, I make happy stuff. If I'm sad, I, I get I make melodramatic stuff. I don't know. Yeah. If I if I have a view that I that I guess many people disagree with. Not really disagree with, but like... Maybe it's for not example, a popular my song, opinion. Yeah. Yeah, for example, my song Lonely Fans. It was basically my okay. view on how I personally dislike mm -hmm. uh, the an industry yeah. where people prey on other people's anxieties and stuff okay. like that. Okay. Basically, they created a market on mm -hmm. like mental illness, cap capitalizing on anxiety. I see. And selling fabrication, fabricated relationships. So I just want to like just release that song because I was just thinking about it a lot. And I just mm -hmm. wanted to get it out. You know? just, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's intriguing, man. It's truly really intriguing. It's cool to, because like 
music is meant to send a, me send a message, right? Whether it's an emotion or, yeah. or a political message or a viewpoint or something. So it's, it's cool that you are able to do that with your music and with your sound because it's powerful. You know, it's, thank you. You know, I'm not sure that everyone can do it or I'm not sure everyone feels brave enough to do it, you know, but it's cool. That it's actually, yeah, it's a pretty risky thing to do because you have to do it in a very mature and uh, honest way mm -hmm. because if not it could come across come come off as disingenuous mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah you wouldn't want that so yeah, yeah no exactly well and i think that you know like you said like the honesty is is important as well because you know you're going to look back at this stuff you know five ten years later and and it you may not be as proud as it then but if it's you're honest with it you can at least respect your emotion for that mm -hmm. point in time where you were so yeah i think yeah. you said responsible and 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 um and honest are, are, is key for any kind of art creation you know otherwise you come off mm -hmm. as fake or fascistic or, or or whatever so that's that is that is super cool though um, I had a follow-up question. I think it slipped my mind, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's what it was about the emotions. You know, we keep talking about your emotions in relation to your music. And um, mm -hmm. that's not surprising, right? Because I think a lot of us uh, want to express ourselves through music. Like, obviously, because, you know, you play music yeah, to show true. an emotion or to cause an emotion. But mm -hmm. something that I have heard a lot of people talk about these days is talk about managing their emotions or controlling their emotions through their artistic process. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you maybe one or two questions in that same vein. First of all, do you feel like you have a lot of emotional stability in your life? It's kind of a, a strange question, but do you feel like you're pretty emotionally stable or is it something that you kind of struggle with? I'm, I feel like I'm pretty emotionally stable, mostly because um, of music. Mm -hmm. um so you know like for example like uh yesterday i was pretty sh i had a long study session for chem because mm -hmm. i'm in college so mm -hmm. gotta study chem and stuff so i was like man i need to make some music band i need to relieve some stress so it's a good stress reliever you know you just vent a bit it's like i guess it's like bob ross <laughs> bob ross yeah <laughs> <You're> painting <laughs> painting stuff <laughs> yeah. that's awesome so. no no it, it's totally true it's totally true and it's cool that it helps you as well right a lot of people don't have that kind of outlet or don't allow themselves yeah, to have true. that kind of outlet you know but for us as musicians to be able to make a song that gets that emotion out it can help us to deal with it and to manage it better it's really cool that you've mm -hmm. put the time in to <clears throat> stay disciplined and also to make space for it as well you know i think that for mental health in general you have to make time for mental health you know, you have to make time yeah, for the solutions and, and the practices you have that help you to manage it. And it's so easy to get caught up in studies or in your work or in your turmoil and to not make time for the solutions, the cures, like making music or painting or exercising, stuff like that. Yeah. Is, is, is mental health big on your radar? Do you think about that a lot? Do you put a lot of time into taking care of your mental health or is it kind of more of a back burner thing for you? Well, I do have ADHD, but it's mm -hmm. kind of like uh, I, I, I've got it under control because um, I've gone through therapy and stuff when That's I was cool. a kid through okay. uh, co-ed, special ed, special needs and during elementary school. Mm -hmm. But then slowly through like very con various controlling met uh, methods yep. like, um, you know, like, you know, tapping or something, yep. it goes away, you know, yep. you, you get it under control. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure that many other people can don't have that sort of thing. Um, so they it, essentially music to them must be a 
definitely it's definitely a very uh, important part to their mental stability right for sure. yeah that's cool man that's really cool it's always it's always good to hear people you know getting a hold of their their mental um struggles and their mental health difficulties uh it's, so it's good on you for putting the time and the effort in to get that under control and make it work for you not against you would you yeah. say that your adhd has um helped your artistic process in any way Oh yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah, Let's go course, there for yeah. a minute if it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Honestly, if it weren't for ADHD, I wouldn't be listening to like rave music and shit. <laughs> so, like, yeah. It's so true. It's so true, man. Like, like I'm, I'm out here like blasting breakcore, like freaking sped up almond breaks, and my dad is like, "Well, why are you listening?" To this? <laughs> You're like, "Because the ADHD, Dad. I have to." <laughs> it's an yeah. innate drive. <laughs> yeah it's yeah <laughs> honestly if it weren't for my adhd i probably wouldn't have uh branched out to a lot of musical endeavors to be honest yeah 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 so. no no i i think you're absolutely completely right on that man you know that when you have the adhd you're always you know looking for something new looking for something interesting and that can lead you to some yeah. pretty cool places you know whether it's sounds mm -hmm. or, or aesthetics or whatever it may be you talked already about um making music based off your emotions are there certain themes that you like to come back to in your music or certain themes you like to express with your music or is it just mm. is it completely dependent on like your mood at the time Sometimes I like coming back to, uh, uh, I have a lot of uh, music about how my, f my father, he would, um, he basically, he sacrificed a lot for, uh, my life personally. So I always feel in depth to him. Mm -hmm. So I make a lot of stuff, uh, basically giving him kudos and things for all the stuff he's done for me. Wow. And also, yeah. Like my recent song is literally called Father's Sacrifice. It is. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah and uh i guess love is a thing i don't know uh, love love is a good thing to write about sometimes and um what else uh leaving high school oh my god i know it's <laughs> the most cheesiest shit no it's man no that's a transitional thing right there it's a transitional thing the big most impact cheesiest grilled cheese thing that i've ever said but yeah it's like <laughs> yeah high school it's very tough for me because um this year, oh, this year was actually my senior year, right. uh, and it happened, of course, during Corona. Everything got canceled. My prom, <laughs> my trip. Basically, I couldn't say goodbye to a few of my uh, close buddies oh, since yeah. like uh, elementary school. Yeah. So I've been writing a lot of stuff about that. Yeah, that was my actually my EP it was mostly emotions. Uh, it was called Corona Gems because it's literally what I made yeah. during Corona. So like, right. I just might as well just release it. So. It's basically a bunch of stuff that I'm inspired by those feelings or whatever. Sure, man. Sure. Wow, that's crazy. But no, it's so true. And it's 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 going to be something that we all look back and, and I think remember because everyone's lives have been turned upside down by the pandemic. You know, there's so mm. many plans and yeah. life choices that got shifted. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. It's, like, it's affected every part of our lives, you know, and so... It's cool that you got to put out a piece of music, a, a body of work, though, at that time, because I think it's something that can kind of put an artistic mm -hmm. spin on it, you know, and, and and I guess hopefully it helped you to deal with that those emotions and stuff as well, so, which is definitely yeah. good. How, how do you feel, how do you oh, feel so these like, days, though, because, like, the pandemic is still ongoing. Is it been a stressor for you, or how have you, how have you dealt with it? Honestly, I've become normalized to it. I've gotten used to it, but what saddens me is, see, I live in New York, right. so... I have to commute to the city. Mm -hmm. So um, the other day I, I was, um, 
I didn't pick up my ID for college, mm-hmm. so I committed to the city. It's like a ghost town, man. Like the tourism, <laughs> the tourism, it's, it's gone. It's yep. like dead. It's yep. crazy. Because like, I'm telling you the truth when I say this. There was no traffic on the roads in New York City. Like, how can you picture that? That that's you insane. Can't, man. You can't. That is yeah, like it's definitively crazy. impossible. But I know exactly what you mean because it it's the same thing here in South Korea. I live in Seoul, which is like one you know one of the biggest cities oh, in the yeah, world. Seoul. You know, and yeah. whenever our lockdown was at its worst, like yeah, you're right. Like it was empty. It was it was like a, a very very few people on the subway outside. You know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I know exactly what you're talking about from firsthand experience. But yeah, mm-hmm. like he's saying though, for everybody in the audience, like you can't really imagine how weird it was to be in these major cities, New York City or Seoul, and and to have it be a ghost town because it's kind of like it's crazy. It's weird. It's like. Like when I was taking a six train, which go, which is a, it's an uptown train. Um, usually it's salmon packed because right. it goes through Grand Central, goes to Grand back. Central, yeah, right? yeah, B- Battery Park, all those mm-hmm. main uh, places, right? It was a, it wasn't even salmon packed. Like it was packed, but it was not salmon, <laughs> well, salmon packed. Like, okay, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> something's wrong here. Yeah. Oh man, that is wild. That is wild. I want to talk also, we've talked a lot about your music already. I wanted to ask about your art aesthetics because your art aesthetics are very unique as well. Um, Where do you draw inspiration from for your art styles and aesthetics that you've embraced for your releases? Mm -hmm. I'd say my art aesthetics uh, mostly. uh, Recently, recently my, um, I guess my logo Mm -hmm. uh, was done by a friend of mine, her Uh, his name is uh, Prehistoric Monolith. He's also tech. Um, we run a label together, Euphonium. So right. a lot of my um, art aesthetics come from that. I guess grimy because our label has that grimy feel to it. Uh, grimy, uh, emo-ish feel. Uh, yeah. I know it's emo again, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> somehow emo never dies. That's the thing. Like emo and punk, like never die. It, it never died, man. It doesn't it die. It around. Dude, it has a it resurgence, you know, every, like, every decade. Like, once, a, at least once a decade, like, it has a resurgence somehow, somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, from the 70s, the yeah, 80s, true. the 90s, the 2000s. Like, it always comes back somehow. Midwest emo revival. Now there's the, I guess, emo trap. It's basically just emo music with, like, 808s in it. So right. I consider it emo music. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it always comes back. It never dies. Never I guess dies. People man. are always sad. People, <laughs> people are always, are always sad. sad. <laughs> I love that. I love that quote. <laughs> people are always sad. Oh no, twenty twenty. <laughs> talk about. Let's talk about Euphonium more because you've talked about Euphonium a lot throughout the episode already. Go ahead and give us like the mm-hmm. the deep dive into Euphonium. Like, what is the core mission mm-hmm. for Euphonium? And also, like, how did it originate? Basically. How I met Tech was through the Business Casual Discord server, and, mm-hmm. then, and then we started talking. We mm-hmm. started talking, and then it was like, "Yo, we should." We we both were like, "I'd say, yo, we should make this. Um, we should do this label thing." And I was like, "Yeah, we should. Pretty cool idea." And it actually, was pretty good because the breakcore scene, there aren't a lot of labels, which and a lot of like unknown talent mm-hmm. is being uh, shadowed by uh, greater acts like uh, Lap Fox and those type of people. Okay. And um, in general, the furry community, like, I'm not really a furry or anything, but, like, the, I'm affiliated with them. Right. I wanted people to know that, like, the views that that community had have and, like, the stereotypical views of what a person mm-hmm. who thinks a furry is is not really that true. Mm-hmm. They're just people who just, like, cosplay and, like, animal suits pretty much. It's right. pretty much it. Yeah, and they, right. they make, like, rave music. <laughs> That's essentially what it is, yeah. Right. 
and um, yeah, and also uh, I wanted to shine. I wanted to give breathe, given a give a new light to more breakcore music, rave music, and mm-hmm. uh, post nightcore too, because there's a recent uh, genre resurgent resurgence of uh, hyperpop. Basically, two different forms of hyperpop. There's glitchcore, which is hundred gex and all that yep. uh, stuff, and as post nightcore, which is basically uh, taking uh, popular 2010s acapellas and just like pitching the hell out of it and okay. just like yeah, it's like extremely high music. There's a good song um, that I'd recommend to you. It's it's by uh, an artist called Cucumber Horse. It's called. Um, it's literally just called Post Malone Nightcore. You got to It's it's like <laughs> Post Malone Post Nightcore or something. Yeah, and. Um, but what he did was crazy. He pitched it up so much. It, it's insane. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. it. Just doing anything with the sound. <laughs> but that's cool, though. It's cool because, yeah. like, you you know, you definitely know what you're talking about. And you're really deep, it sounds like, into a lot of the internet subcultures and everything. So it's cool for you to put together the, the label Euphonium to be able to both encourage and also shine a light on like these different subcultures of the internet and the music associated with them yeah. as well you know it's fun to put yeah. other people on you know it's fun to give other people a platform in whatever we we can for you it's the mm-hmm. label for me it's the podcast you know like it's really yeah. cool you know we get to do what we do as musicians and then we also get to help other people with these other projects help like, other people yeah you know and that's it makes it so much more fulfilling it's not just us succeeding you know we're all succeeding together in our communities and everything that is super mm-hmm. cool Back to your music, you put out so many projects already this year and previous years oh, as well. Yeah. Uh, you're working on a project <laughs> right now. Right now, you're super yeah. prolific, always making sounds and music. I guess maybe because it's related to your emotions. So humans, you know, always have different emotions. I'm not sure, but yeah. but how are you able to put out so much music like that? What is the reason behind it? I guess during high school, because I had a lot of free time. So basically, I would just you know. Of course, now that time is getting limited because mm-hmm. I'm college and I actually have to, like, stop procrastinating. I got to do my work and I have to start <laughs> studying and all that stuff. Right. So, yeah, I actually haven't been able to make a lot of music recently because um, of college. I haven't touched my computer in easily, like, three weeks, two weeks because, yeah, Yikes. it's crazy. But I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll find some time once everything cools down and then I'll just, like, go out. I go all out, make beats, like one hour, two hour, one hour, two hour. Yep. Yeah. I think you're going to have to is what's going to happen, man. Like anytime us producers are away from the studio for long enough, it's like you start like shaking. It's like, Your heart starts yeah. beating. It's like, I got to get back to the studio. I got to get back. <laughs> you know? It's like, it's like, it's like cravings. It's like yeah. You got it. You, you have to, yeah. man. You have to. Or you're just going to explode. Do you ever experience creative block? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. It happens more often than you think. Yeah. Mm. It's like I I try I try not to get it by <laughs> sometimes taking breaks, but that never works out. Like man, I can't take a break. <laughs> my my best my best advice for that actually is like um, forcing yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know I know it sounds wrong, but you have to force yourself sometimes. Like, what a good way to stop creative block is, uh, a writer's block is uh, by joining uh, these Discord servers that have producer challenges. Okay. Make a beat in 30 minutes. Right. Make a song in one hour. Use this sample, sample <laughs> challenge. That's how I um, chuck things out. Even if it sounds good or bad, you know, even if it's bad to me, like, I got, you got to do it. It's one hour. I have to, I have to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. That's so interesting. So, just keep creating, then, way. basically. 
just keep creating keep creating 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 and yeah and push that's, through it that's super cool though yeah no i mean i'm not gonna say it's not true i mean obviously it works for you i'm sure it works for other people as well but yeah it's true you know you kind of stay on the grind you keep doing what you do and you make breakthroughs eventually i think even like for like music marketing and you know success in music is the same way you know you just never stop mm-hmm. you just keep making and putting <laughs> yeah, music true. out you know and eventually something pans out. That's super cool. And I mean, like, in talking that same vein about, like, never stopping with music, like, you yourself, you know, like, you have so many ways to express yourself. You know, you play guitar, you do yeah. production, you can chop samples. Like, you've done, you have so many ways to express yourself. Is there any other, uh, it could be musically, or it could be other other hobbies or stuff. Is there something else you want to get into to express yourself with? It could be skateboarding. It could be architecture. could be a different instrument you want to pick up. But is there any other like avenues you want to get into to express yourself with? Do you want to pick up a banjo? I know it sounds very random, but I want to pick up a banjo. <laughs> Folk music. Let's go. Folk music, yeah. I want to pick up a banjo. I like the tone of it. It sounds cool. And also... um. I want to, uh, there's a synthesizer called the, oh, I want to check my, my dad's also yeah. here. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. He's like, why are you on there? Why are you talking? <laughs> like a doing a podcast. Right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah, but you have to yeah. pick up a ba- banjo and then. Oh yeah, there's a synthesizer called the TB303, right. which is basically, uh, it was made by Roland and many artists like Daft Punk used it to make, it's most notably used in a song called Da Funk by mm-hmm. Daft Punk, mm-hmm. and um, it's got this uh, really cool presets that you can mess around with. Of course, getting one is like 3000 bucks, so <laughs> I'm not doing that, but, <laughs> but someday <laughs> I'm going to. I'm probably going to get a clone, like the TD3, which is go. basically a clone of the, yeah, yeah. So I want to get into synthesis. I, I guess in a budget way, a budget synthesis, right, right, like right. Uh, there's um there's also some more synth- uh, synthesizers uh, by Korg called the Korg Volca Sampler, mm-hmm. which is basically like granular synth- synthesis. You can take a sample and you like stretch it out. What granular synthesis is, is basically they take a sample and then you stretch it out. You have to stretch it out like to like its maximum, okay. like a tiny, let's say chord or something. Right. There's tiny frequencies in between that sample. And what it does, it creates like harmonic uh, values within those frequencies. It's really cool. It's a really cool thing. Yeah. Oh, man, that's super cool. That's that's something I want to get into too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Well, I love you mentioned banjos as well because I feel like there's so many instruments that used to be commonplace that kind of fell off nowadays, but there's still a lot of like artistic merit to them. And banjos one. I think harmonica could be another one. Uh, the saxophone yeah. the saxophone has had a, a huge increase in respect you know and adoration from people as well so that is mm-hmm. awesome is there anything that you want to do with your music that you haven't done yet hmm i'd say i think i should market my music better to be honest that's <laughs> something i want to i have to work on yeah. yeah it's just man marketing is so expensive you know it's so much money you gotta put into it yeah it takes a lot of effort as well man you gotta put a lot of time and, and energy into doing it you know and staying consistent yeah. is another hard one especially when you already have university in your plate and music creation marketing's you know mm-hmm. another part of your time you have to spend you know every single day working on so true yeah true yeah. true no i absolutely understand that right and i guess especially with like the label it might be something you have to get into it more as well with like the label eventually also mm-hmm. 
Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I, I love everything we talked about, man. It's an incredible conversation. I loved hearing you geek out about like the specifics of music. That was super <laughs> cool. Uh, the yeah. inspirations, I feel you on the inspirations. I wanted you to leave a message to the you of one year in the future, if you don't mind. What would you say to the you of one year in the future? Uh, just keep on, keep on doing the grind, man. Don't give up. That's, that's my message. Yep. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. I love it. Now I asked my audience if they had any questions for you. Um, there was one question came from a mutual friend the person who connected us, Azra. Azra wanted to mm-hmm. ask, he said, what made you want to experiment with music and how did you get into music in the first place? What made you want to experiment with music and how did you get into music in the first place? Oh, you're right. So... Well, once again, I'd say my origins was lo-fi. I'm trying to think of that one beat tape that brought me into it. I think it was by... God, I don't know. I, I always confuse it. I don't know if it's Ginseng or Sagna, but I'm pretty sure it's Ginseng. Probably you know so. you know that one You know that one with the um, Bossa Nova sound that goes like... Da, 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 and there's like an anime thing with rain or something. Okay, yes. It? Uh-huh. Right. That I'm AMV, that's yeah. the one that brought me into music, I believe. Yeah. And that whole beat tape was like, man, this, this is cool. And then I, what I actually started off with was LMMS, which is a free um, Linux DAW software. Okay. And I used to make beats on that originally, but then my dad got me a computer which had FL Studio on it. So I started using FL Studio because why did I use FL And the computer just randomly had FL Studio on it? Some computer, yeah, some computers have FL Studio installed onto it. Yeah, I was actually really lucky. You are yeah. super lucky. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad it I did because lucky. that kind of led to where we are now with you making some incredible music. So. <laughs> yeah, I would have never bought FL Studio. That's like 200 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So much money. Yeah. All right, man. Fantastic, dude. Thank you so much for coming on today. As always with the guests, we have the final speed round. I'm gonna ask a very quick question, give a very quick response. Are you ready for it? Of course. All right, yeah. man. Let's jump into it. Here we go. Three, two. One favorite color. Uh, blue. Favorite blue. food. Rice and curry. I like rice and curry. Favorite day of the week. Friday. Favorite movie. Oh wait, I gotta think about that one for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, movie. I want to say Nemo, but I'm pretty sure I like more Wally. 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 Like okay. Wally. Favorite Wally. song at the moment. Drink and on a blade apple. What's your guilty pleasure? Uh, my guilty pleasure. I guess it's um playing the guitar. I love playing the guitar a lot. So yeah. What countries do you want to visit? Japan for sure. <laughs> uh, Korea. Yep. Um, I do want to visit Georgia because I the language is a very interesting language because uh, they've got a. It's like some words are basically impossible for other people to pronounce. I just want to see how that works out, you know? That sounds uh, intriguing. Just interested. Mm-hmm. What languages yeah. do you speak? I speak English, pretty much English, and mm-hmm. I speak a little bit of my native tongue, which is Sinhalese, mm-hmm. and yeah. All right, and name one person alive or dead that you want to have a conversation with. Uh, Mike Kinsella from American Football. Okay. That man, I need him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you want people to think of you? Last question. I mean, think what you want, you know. I'm just a guy. I'm just a dude. <laughs> All right, man. Oh, this was incredible. Asinus, thank All you right. again so much for coming on the podcast, dude. I love the conversation. No thank you for everything you shared with the audience. That was so much fun. I loved hearing everything we talked about because I relate with you a lot on your influences and inspiration and everything. Is there any last word you want to say to the audience listening? Um, 
Stay safe during the pandemic and wear your mask. There we go. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the episode today. Please check out his music. It's incredible. He goes all over the place. If you don't like this song, I promise you you're going to love his other songs. There's so much to explore and discover there. Take a note from his book, Never Give Up. Keep exploring. Keep expressing yourself. And uh, make time to do the stuff that you want to do. I will see you guys in the next episode. Take care and have a good night. Bye-bye.